Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Sunday night blessing time together. It is um, a joy to take some time to be together on this Sunday evening gathering. Amen. Well, let me tell you something about my personal journey as a prophet. <laughs> the lights went out today, and so I'm thinking, are we going to have a meeting time tonight? Will they come on in time? It's windy. It's the time of the year for the storms to blow through. Well, a number of months ago, I bought a generator. After all these years in the Northwest, I decided to buy a generator in case the lights go out. So I told my wife, Arliss, you watch. As soon as I hook this puppy up, the lights will come on. Well, I went to work, drug it out, got gas, got the cords out, get everything plugged in that I wanted. And the moment I pulled that cord and the engine started up, the lights came on. So there you have, I'm a prophet for sure. <laughs> I uh, <clears throat> got a kick out of that and was blessed that we're able to connect tonight because we do need that wonderful gift of electricity that seems so, um, you know, it's just there. We just take it for granted, like we do in many of the things that God gives to us. We take for granted. In other words, there's not a sense, somehow there's not a sense of, of the realization of the value of some things because we have so much of it. Some of you that have been with the Lord like I have for a long time, it's hard for us to even remember being without him because we were born again early or it's been many years. But there's people all around us that do not have that <clears throat> miracle touch from God called salvation. Well, that's our job, isn't it? That's our, that's our duty, our privilege, and our joy is to tell people about the happy gospel. <laughs> Amen. Jesus Christ came to save sinners who Paul said he was the chief. He was the, he was the head dog, and he got saved. Glory to God. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about praise and worship tonight. Before we do, if you're new to us, Hit that uh, subscribe. It helps us on our internet service and hit the bell. And then if you're on Facebook, you can uh, like us. <laughs> Please like us. Oh, hallelujah. Praise and worship. Well, I did a little writing before I came into the studio, and you'll find that in the, uh, in the notes below. There's a little expression of how my heart or thoughts are going in this, this word on praise and worship. I was in Sunday morning service today and uh, the praise and worship was, was good. It was good. Uh, the sounds were good. The talents were good. The songs were positive. And, uh, but in my heart, I am saying there's something we're missing yet. Now, what that is, is the cry of the heart 
and the acknowledging of our spirits that there's a change and a shift coming and a new door opened into this realm of the spirit we call praise and worship. I brought you to your attention in our little, my little piece below that as a Pentecostal boy, we had song services. We didn't have praise and worship. They were called song services. And we had song leaders. And most often in the early days, we had hymn books where we read out of the hymn book, or most of us knew them by heart after a while, because we sang the same ones over and over. And then after three songs, we would sing two choruses. A chorus would be, well, it's just a short version of a song. We'd sing that a few times. And then after that was through, we generally would greet one another or we'd have a testimony service and then an offering. And then the preaching would come, which was considered in those days to be the, the main, the main, you know, thing to happen. And then we would pray. That was our service. Well, God shifted things through these last years. And in 1948, we had what we call the Latter Rain Movement came in through Abbotsford, Canada via Alaska, um, <clears throat> the down under one. <laughs> I've got it written down here somewhere. <clears throat> and uh, in those days, they came in with a new sound. They came in with a new sound. And that new sound was strange to our Pentecostal ears. It didn't have hymn books attached to it anymore. They were singing scriptures or they were singing new songs they had invented and, and written themselves. We had been used to singing out of a hymn book that had been published um, 50 to 100 years ago. And some of those hymns were written longer than that, long, long ago. So it was a big deal, a big shift. And there was some headbutting and clashing and, oh, it's terrible, all these weird songs. But God was shifting into a new era of time. And there's always a sound when a new move comes. Every move of God has a sound to it or a song to it or a, a rhythm or a harmony or a drum beat, something happens that identifies a shift and a change. Well, the influence of the, uh, of the latter rain movement and the latter rain singing was uh, slowly, it slowly seeped into the fiber of a lot of churches, including some that I was in and some Pentecostal churches, some rejected, some didn't. Now, <clears throat> The sound of that was, uh, was amazing. And we still have parts of that sound still happening in, in, our, in our worship. I worked with a, with a man who was involved in that in 1948. And he talks about gathering in a room with four or five musicians and singers. And they would just let the Holy Spirit rip them. And they would start hitting their keys and their drum, their, uh, you know, cymbals and guitar strings. And out would come a sound, sometimes in English, sometimes just singing whatever they thought of and in other tongues. 
And he said, it, he said, after a while, you could hear the angels tune in and begin to sing with us. Now, I'm hearing and seeing some of that happen in our, in our video that you can pick up on YouTube. Some of it comes out of Bethel in Reading with the Bill Johnson's church. And uh, there's many, many others that uh, just more, more than I could even repeat or even know about. But there's a sound that's coming out again. So that then, then along came the charismatic movement that really brought to the forefront and brought to the front of the stage these types of worship. And uh, we heard a whole new generation of songwriters and song poets that begin to sing the so sounds of the Lord. When the uh, faith movement came, so-called faith movement, because that's what we, you know, we always tag something. When that came along, uh, one of the main writers was uh, David Ingalls. Some of the songs he wrote about the subject of faith and believing God and, and all the redemptions and all the blessings, just amazing. They still bless me when I play them on my, uh, my iPhone. Now, <clears throat> the charismatic movement brought in a new sound. I'm hearing in my spirit a new sound coming. And I'm just encouraging you today as we're, as we're meeting on this Sunday night to begin to allow the Lord to break open the sounds coming, coming out of heaven into your spirit and then through your, <laughs> into your mouth so you can vocalize and speak them out. There's, there's something about the congregational worship that um, we've experienced that I miss, that I don't hear often. In our, in our years in, uh, in our church, as we developed, I had a brother come in, a friend of mine by the name of Ron Jackson, and he had been involved in the Australia movement and the singing of the Lord. And he said when he stepped back into a certain church as a young man, he heard that sound and he knew he was home. So we had him come in in the 70s as we began to lay the foundation for our work for the next almost 30 years. And he, he, he led us into a place of singing the song of the Lord and, and uh, singing four chord progressions and just having harmony in the spirit. Not, not English, but just a sound of praise coming out of the mouth of congregation. And when, when that happens... And I'm not saying we need to go back to something we had before. This is just by example of, of having the free flow of the Holy Ghost. I have been in and out of uh, a church in the Dalles for the last 50 years, perhaps. And uh, more, actually longer than that, 55 or six years. And the senior pastor that founded that, had, had led them into a, a, a style and a release of worship that was so amazing. It was just almost one of a kind as I traveled around the country. But when you went into that church, and it's still that way today, I was there just a couple of years ago. When you, when you went into that church, there was a coordinated uh, release as the congregation lifted themselves before the Lord. 
it's interesting to, to, to when you go into a fellowship that um, the hot worshipers up front and the guys that are a little cold are sitting in the back. But when a church begins to learn how to release the sound of worship, you'll find that everyone begins to be drawn into the presence of the Lord. Well, there's a lot of examples of worship in the Testaments, isn't there? I love uh, I love the uh, praisers. Remember the the ones they 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 let they sent the praisers, the ones who were worshiping God, into battle first or into the water first, so, so that the water would part. They sent them in first, and because of that, we we find I I understand and believe that worship should be first. That's why we do it that way. Now, I didn't know that for years. It was kind of habit. But we do it that way to open up the hearts of the people, but to open up the heavens over us. The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So often when we praise the Lord in, in, in praise and worship, um, we feel and sense the presence of the Lord. And we relate to it as coming down, but I like to relate to it as opening up and coming out. It's my uh, conviction that every one of us carry the glory of God in us. So we're not just asking God to come down. We're actually setting ourselves in a place and opening the gate of our hearts. We have a gate. We're referred to as gates and doors in us. And so we have a gate that opens up. And out of us flows the anointing that we carry and the presence of the Lord we carry. I'm not ashamed to tell you, and I'm not intimidated to say this, that I contain the glory of God in my physical body or my physical spirit, however it works. <laughs> Spirit's bigger than the flat, the body. I know that. It's not just contained in my, you know, my uh, compact body, but it's, it's, it's with me the Spirit of God. So when I enter a building, and I'm speaking to you now, when I enter a building, a church building or a place of residence or a gathering, I can open that gate by faith and by declaration. I can decree it. And the, the glory of God that I have contained in my spirit will open up. Amen. I do that often in these last years as God's given me understanding. I do that often when I'm worshiping in a place and no no one knows I'm even there, perhaps. I'm just a person in the, in the congregation. But I open my spirit and I fill the room with God's presence. You say, well, that's a little egotistical. No, it's not. It's biblical because I am a container of the glory of God. Now, you are too, but most most of us have been in the past taught that we have to ask the Lord to come, and so we worship and we worship hoping that somehow it'll break something and come in. You have the trigger. It's in you. All you do is, by faith, declare the blessings of the Lord over this house and release the anointing into that room, and you watch the difference. Amen. We're not waiting for God to come down. He's already come in and he dwells there. Let's release him 
for our situation and our circumstances. Amen. So the praisers went in first. I love Solomon's temple dedication when the singers and the praisers went in and the glory of God came down and everybody fell on the floor. <laughs> Sounds a little charismatic, fanatical. Uh, Toronto, Brownsville, <laughs> you know, those crazy things where you're rolling and making crazy sounds. Yes. That's that's indicative of you and I losing our control under a heavy hand of that or a heavy anointing of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. I love Paul and Silas. Another illustration when they were in prison and they said they sang praises at midnight and the jail house doors popped open and the chains fell off of their hands and feet. Now, that's pretty amazing, pretty electrifying. <laughs> Whoa, I like that kind of stuff. But it happens in the lifestyle of praise and worship. Amen. Now, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Just in Cornwall, several couple of decades ago, I guess now, was a prominent voice in the charismatic movement. And he gave an illustration in one of the conventions I was in with him that he said, as we praise, we build a platform, as it were, for God to set on and settle on. I thought that illustration has been with me for many years, how that as we praise, it's like a network of fiber building that throne room or a throne for God to dwell on in our midst. Now, that's a good illustration. I love that one. Daniel <clears throat> Praise the Lord, or I'm sorry, David, my, my scratching over here. David had a 24-hour praise service in Jerusalem when he, when he finally came in and built, this, built the network that he, that he wanted. 24 hours a day, they, they shifted every hour. A new team would come in, and they would play and sing and worship. And it was on a hill. The temple was on a hill tabernacle and it the sound always floats down sound drops like like air does cold air you know it sinks but sound goes down the mountain and so the the entire uh town didn't have cds didn't have you know radios they could hear it was filled with the sound of praise and worship 24 hours a day wow that's amazing all right so in our, in our journey then with the Lord, praise and worship is individual where you and I are alone with God and we can sing a song unto the Lord. We can hum a song. We can beat it out with a pencil on our desk in drum rhythm, just in the harmony of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> There's a lot of things you can do to make melody in your heart unto the Lord, the Bible says. So there seems to be a melody that comes in the heart, out of the heart, maybe not even out of the mouth. But as you're meditating in the quiet time, your heart is singing songs unto the Lord. And after all, the Bible says he knows your thoughts afar off. So we can think praise as well as sing praise. How about that? Have a congregation full of people all thinking 
quiet as a church mouse, but the glory of God begins to break out. <laughs> we always think we have to make noise to be happy in the house of God, don't we? Well, I wanted to stir you up today, and I want to prophesy that we are in on the cusp, the, the, the threshold of a new breakthrough. And every new breakthrough, every new revelation of Christ, every new what we would call reformation or, a, you know, a revival or renewal, all of those things that we talk about in the past, there's, there's, a, there's one breaking through now. And with it's coming a new sound. With it's coming a new sound. I but don't believe it's going to be the sound of the last 20 years so. I don't believe it's going to be the sound, perhaps, of even Abbotsford in 48 and other revivals. There's a sound of worship and praise that's breaking out. And some of our new <clears throat> young uh, anointed uh, psalmists and musicians are beginning to break it through. You'll see some of them on YouTube. There's some great stuff coming out of Wales and out of England and out of Australia. The sound of worship is shifting. So be attentive to it. Now, I know if you're a pastor, as I have been for years, it's really hard to turn a ship. And, uh, you know, you got to do it delicately. Can't just blast in there and break heads. You got to hear the voice of the Lord. You got to know how to flow with it. You got to know how to have the Lord put oil on everything so nothing gets burned out while you're turning the gears. But God is shifting us into a new realm of anointing. Now, with that's going to come an avalanche of people. With that's going to come so many wonderful things that we'll be, we'll be writing and testifying of it in the days to come. Uh, <clears throat> Arliss and I were in Southern California in the mid-70s in the, the heat of the charismatic movement. I tell you, and then in this early 70s, we were involved in the Jesus movement and some of the, the fallout of that that God did. And the absolute amazing thing, I can remember walking, stepping across hippies that were slain in the spirit in the altars. Couldn't hardly get around because there were so many laying on the floor under the power of the Holy Spirit. You can smell the marijuana and the other things that came along with hippies in those days, but God broke through and shifted and changed the circumstances of that era. Today, we're looking at California, for instance, and Seattle, and LA and Seattle, and New York, and all the big cities that have been dominated by crimes, and uh, homelessness, and, and just fear, and death. I believe the worship of God's people are going to shift this thing and God's going to send in the angel of the Lord like he did with Zanacarib and he killed 185,000 of the enemy in one night. Now look, I'm not trying to, I don't want to kill anybody. I don't want to kill anybody, but I want to, I want to shift them into the Holy Ghost by the Spirit of God. Amen. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Go away and Tell people George is trying to wipe them people out. No, 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 no. I want them to be born again. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Well, Paul said, come boldly to the throne of grace. And there you're going to find help in the time of need. So 
Worship is not a begging service season. Worship and praise is not some kind of help me, Lord, I'm hurting. You may be hurting, but worship will shift your spirit into high gear. Worship will release your mind from confusion and the cloudiness of, of desperation. Worship will focus again on the presence of the Lord. And you watch when that happens. Revelation comes, wholeness comes, joy comes back. You'll get an insight in what to do next. You'll see yourself in the position of victory. Amen. Well, I've shouted enough tonight. I just bless you in Jesus' name. I release the spirit of praise and worship into your personal life in a way you have not experienced. I release the angels to come around you and worship with you so that it will magnify the things you do before the Lord. I speak a new day into your life. Amen. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll see you in the morning as we burst into Monday. It's going to be a glorious week. I say that by faith and I say it through prophecy. Until then, be blessed. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for your giving. Some of you have been very faithful of that, and we so appreciate it. It helps us do the work of the Lord in this season of our life. Also, if you haven't subscribed, do so, and it'll be a blessing also. Until tomorrow morning, be blessed and enjoy the sounds of heaven as you rest tonight, as you dream tonight, and as you worship the Lord all day long. God bless.